Welcome or welcome back to Our Home Libraries. For today's episode, we're going to be discussing Beyond the Wand, The Magic and Mayhem of Growing Up a Wizard by Tom Felton. If you aren't familiar with that name, Tom Felton was the actor who played Draco Malfoy in the Harry Potter movies. And again, we are going to be spoiling this one for you. Also, though, it's a memoir, so some of this stuff has already been in the tabloids. But if you are interested in reading it from his perspective, go on, give it a read, and then come back and hopefully listen in with us. And head over to our Instagram or Facebook page to check out some additional content. Again, that's Our Home Libraries, plural, because it's two of us. Yeah, and today for the first time we are recording this session for YouTube. We're going to be posting this on our YouTube channel, which is also Our Home Libraries, as is everything else. So for those of you who are watching us today, we probably are not going to be looking directly at the camera because we have like three things going on at once. Kayla's on my iPad. I got my phone recording my face, my computer for garage. It's just a lot. And we'll, we'll figure out a better way later. But <laughs> yeah, I wasn't super prepared. So my iPad wasn't charged. So I have it like plugged in. So the setup isn't exactly oh, same. Mine is plugged in how as well. I want it. <laughs> Maybe Love we'll that. just put a part of this video. Next time we'll be more prepared now that we know that this is what we're doing. We'll be prepared. But anyway, into the summary. This memoir really represents Tom's reflection on his own life growing up in the film industry, including his, I would say, iconic role of Draco Malfoy. That's the one he's really known for. Yeah. Though he has been in other films, and he's been in television. He was actually in a couple episodes of The Flash. If any of you guys are DC fans, he played a villain in that one. I didn't know one. that. Yeah, he was a villain. I can't remember what his name was called. Was it Enigma? I can't remember. Anyway, it doesn't matter. In this memoir, he focuses a lot of his writing on his time filming the Harry Potter movies, which isn't surprising because those films did take up a significant portion of his adolescence. He tells the readers about... A lot of the actors that had significant influence on him, Alan Rickman, he played Severus Snape, Richard Harris and Michael Gambon, who both played Dumbledore, and then a few actors got more minor mentions, uh, Matthew Lewis, who played Neville, Jamie Waylett and Josh Herdman played Crabbe and Goyle, and of course Rupert Grant, Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, Ron Harry Hermione. You can't write about Harry Potter without writing about them, right? Absolutely. For the rest of the memoir, we kind of get a glimpse of... The projects he worked on prior to Harry Potter, as well as some project after, some of his personal life, struggles with mental health, and some of the friendships that really meant a lot to him. The question is now, so if anyone tuned in last year for these, we always left our ratings towards the end, but we want to put them at the beginning now. That way, in case you haven't read it, you kind of see our perspectives and if that maybe helps you decide to read or not read a book, Yeah, so be it. Um, what, what do you rate this one? I feel like you're looking at me kind of sheepishly, so I have a feeling you rated it low. Did you rate it low? I did. Yeah, I gave it two out of five cloaks. I did two out of five wands. I, um... I don't have a lot to say, though. I was just overwhelmed. I didn't dislike it. It was, it was okay. I just guess I expected something. I think Jeanette McCurdy spoiled us because her memoir was just like... Like, wow, I recommend this to everybody, right? I saw a girl at the bookstore holding it, and I was like, not to be weird or anything, but buy that book. Yeah, if you're sitting yeah. here with a second guessing that you picked this up, buy it, because it's good. But with this one, I, I don't know that I would recommend it to someone unless they were really big Harry Potter fans. Yes, exactly. It would definitely be like a niche recommendation, mm -hmm. which I guess 
most people from our age grew up with Harry Potter. So I think that there is a general interest in this. I felt like my issue was that stories weren't necessarily chronological. I said that in one of the questions. Yes, exactly. It felt very like patchwork. Yeah. Back and and forth. And there were a lot of really nice, like anecdotal stories, especially Mm -hmm. of interactions with people on the Potter films, but they all felt super like surface level and like kind remarks about people, which is fine. Like I don't need salacious, like mean things about anyone, (laughs) but it just, I don't know. It missed the mark a little bit for me. I'm glad he like wrote it. It was nice to hear some of these things, but I don't think it dove in as deep as I thought it was maybe going to. Yeah. Well, I guess that also kind of speaks to, I mean, we, you and I are not actors. We don't have any personal experience in the industry. And, you know, part of this book is talking about the fact that, you know, Daniel, Emma, and Rupert, they were huge characters on Harry Potter, but he didn't have very many scenes with them in the movies. Therefore, he didn't really interact with them much on set. Right? He wasn't really right. there at the same time. So just because we have actors who play really significant roles in these movies doesn't necessarily mean that Tom had super significant interactions with them because he might not have been around them that much, really. Yeah, and that's fine. I wasn't expecting to hear large portions about his interactions with the main three characters from, well, people that played the characters on the Harry Potter films. But I guess, I don't know, there was something in it that just, it felt a little disjointed. Yeah. I guess is my biggest complaint. Yeah. So getting into the questions, for some reason, it is incredibly difficult to find discussion questions that are specifically tailored to a certain memoir. And we had the same trouble when we were looking for questions for I'm glad my mom died. Um, Orange is the New Black wasn't that bad because there was questions in the back of the book to help you get started on the discussion. And there was a much heavier topic in that, you know, trying to analyze the justice system. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I can really only find general memoir questions. So we're going to be answering the same questions that we did in I'm Glad My Mom Died. Those come from Oprah Daily, and it's linked in the description box for this episode, as always. But to get started, did you find his story compelling? I know. I feel like we both kind of touched upon this a little bit, (laughs) but a little. There were parts that I liked. I liked hearing about him and his brothers and growing up. And there were a lot of nice, like, anecdotes and no nods to important people in his life. But I felt like we almost didn't learn that much extra. Yeah. But I also think that's kind of what he wanted. I don't really think that he set out to write this as something that would change our lives or make us question our own past. It, it really just feels like an ode to Harry Potter. And he really, multiple times, was wanting the readers to know that outside of the film industry he's just like a normal person you know he could leave set and go to school like anybody else and go and get in trouble at the local record store you know yeah yeah so i don't i don't know that he wanted this to be compelling but i feel like not to keep comparing this to jeanette mccurdy but like they had just different reasons for writing a memoir you know 
Well, and, and that's fine. I guess that brings us into our next question of what do you think was his motive to write this story then? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, not only is it healing, you know, he did have some mental health struggles that he talked about towards the end of the book. It would be healing to kind of write down some of these things that you experience. But I think that his fans were the big motivator here. And he even dedicated the book to the muggles that got him here, which was adorable. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I thought, too, that it was more just about that he grew up in this kind of unique situation where he was on the Potter films, but then had kind of a normal upbringing. And I think he also wanted to use it as a way to open up a little bit about mental health and just help maybe normalize that a little bit. Yeah. And we've kind of already touched on <laughs> kind of already touched on the next question as well. What did you think of his voice and the style? Do you think that the quality of the writing matched the story that he was trying to tell? I I liked his writing style. I thought it was welcoming and he it matched how he describes himself as like very down to earth, mm-hmm. kind of like a humble person. So the way when he was writing it, you just felt like you were with, you know, like a pal or a friend. And he doesn't seem to, you know, think too big of himself or have an ego. I mentioned it before. I felt like it was lacking in some parts, kind of kept it surface level. Like even the story of him going to rehab, I don't think it really touched on his emotions at that Mm -hmm. time. But then I was thinking, okay, maybe he's touched on this idea of the whole, like, they're British, like the British thing, like have a stiff upper lip, like keep calm and carry on. They don't really of. talk a whole lot about deeper emotions. Yeah. So then if I view it from maybe that perspective instead of, I guess, you know, we're both Americans, maybe we're more in touch with our feelings. I don't know. Um, but, you know, <laughs> not to it, like it rag fine. on the British at all, but he specifically said that British people don't really talk about their feelings. Okay, we're not just making this up out of our brains. Right, <laughs> no, that was it. It wasn't us, words. it was him. <laughs> yeah, uh, his voice was okay, but like you said, the writing style was a little bit disjointed. Like, I felt like chapter titles were great. They kind of gave us a hint of what he was going to be saying in the chapter, but it did kind of go back and forth on the subjects. Um, for example, ideally... All the chapters that talk about people he met on the set of Harry Potter would have been grouped together within the book or even within a single chapter. But I felt that he would kind of like lose track of his train of thought or something and get started on a different story and then kind of go back to the influential people from the Harry Potter cast and crew. So, you know, granted, he has never claimed that he's this big accomplished author. He does write in a way that feels like any normal person would write, which is something that he does speak on multiple times. So, I don't know. He he feels like he's a regular everyday person. He writes like he's a regular everyday person. And, you know, like everyday people, we get on a track of a train of thought and then we lose that train of thought and have to start on something else. And then we remember what we were going on about before. So... But you would think his yeah. editors would have, like, suggested putting some of these things together. <laughs> I know. And I I didn't even really see the... Well, I saw the point. For every chapter, there was the muggle title and then the wizarding title. <laughs> and, like, I, I get it, it's cutesy, but I don't know that it really... 
was necessary. Yeah. Sometimes I felt like they didn't quite match up either. Why not just keep the wizarding title? Like, you don't need the muggle title. Everybody who's reading right. this is reading this because you were in Harry Potter. So you should have just done yeah. the one. It was fine. Like, I guess I felt like a little maybe gimmicky and unnecessary. I, I agree. I think just the wizarding titles would have been fun. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So you've read a few more memoirs than I have. How does this book compare to the others? I mean, it's, you know, the idea of his story being told out, but I already talked about this, that it wasn't in chronological order, which did bug me. I would be fine if it was going in chronological order, and then he's like, and this reminds me of, and kind of bumped back in time, but it didn't feel like I knew that he was going back and forth in time. Like, I don't think he realized how much he shifted around in his timelines. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I don't know. I really only read three, so <laughs> this is middle of the road for me. It was better than Orange is the New Black, but not as good as I'm glad my mom died, so. Yeah. It ranks second so far. <laughs> middle of the road. Yeah, for sure. How did his memoir make you reflect on your own life? Um, it didn't really. <laughs> I said the same thing. Which I guess is maybe why, maybe this is my own fault going into it, but I thought because I'm similar in age to him, kind of grew up in the same like years of Harry Potter, not me acting in it, obviously, but me watching it. Yeah. So I thought I would kind of have more of like a little bit of like a trip down memory lane, like as he was talking about things, I would be like, oh, I kind of remember where I was during this time or when I saw it. And I didn't really get like the nostalgic feeling for myself so maybe that's my fault going into it i thought i was gonna have you had like preconceived notions about what you were gonna get from yeah. the book yeah i guess so i don't know i feel like a lot of celebrities when they write memoirs aren't necessarily trying to get their readers to reflect they're just kind of trying to talk about their lives because they think that readers would be interested in knowing about them because they're celebrities you know I feel like that's a rite of passage for a celebrity is to <laughs> write a memoir. Yeah, but yeah, this was just one that didn't have any, I mean, sure, it had like significant, I guess we'll call them like morals or themes thrown out in the book, but they weren't significant enough to make me be like, oh, I wonder how my relationship with my brother compares to his, you know, because yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I was underwhelmed. Same. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad I read it, but just yeah. I won't read it again. Did you learn anything at all from what he wrote? I would say I think it just kind of solidified what I had already thought, which was that he is thankful for his time on Harry Potter. He yeah. champions those films and those books. Yeah. And that he is a down-to-earth guy. He is, does not have a big ego from being on these films which i think potentially could happen i mean they're so young when they get started on this definitely but it just kind of he just seems like your your pal tom which was yeah a nice part to it he does seem like the kind of person who would connect really deeply with the people that he cares about and yeah. the kind of person who can find positive things about any person that he's speaking with or around or i mean he definitely he he said some 
I mean, I would say slightly negative things about Alan Rickman and his Snape character, but he also said a lot of great things about Alan Rickman. So, yeah, I don't even know that I would say it was negative. It was more just like an intense moment. On I think he felt I think he felt very intimidated by Alan Rickman. I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> Especially yeah. as Snape. Like, I would have been really intimidated, too. That's the purpose. Yeah, but I would also say that being intimidated by someone reflects yourself more than the person that intimidates you. So, like, sure. I don't view it as anything negative to Alan Rickman, so. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Do you wish he'd elaborated on any of his experiences? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like all of his relationships, I think it would have been nice to do, like, a closer examination. Like, he spoke about his ex-girlfriend Jade and her mm-hmm. family and he had very complimentary things to say but I felt like he could have talked a little bit more about such an important relationship in his life I felt like we got the one chapter about Emma who he does gush about having this great relationship yeah. with but it was such a quick little chapter and I get what yeah he's for, for and- two people who like to the media say that they are soulmates like you think he right. would have much more to say about his relationship with Emma that's what I thought, too. And I guess maybe, I don't know, it's navigating, talking about another person. You know, yeah. You probably get there. It probably wants okay, to be respectful, if, yeah. Yeah, but I still think that they could have talked more about it. Like, she wrote the foreword for this book, mm-hmm. and then he had one chapter, and it was, of like, a really short chapter, so. Yeah. I, I would have liked to see more. Yeah, solely based on that very eloquent forward. Mm-hmm. I think Emma Watson needs to write a book and I don't care if it's fiction. I don't care if it's a memoir of her own. Like she should write it. I would read it. <laughs> she just has yeah, such I a unique too. view on the world and we kind of get a glimpse of that because Tom her voice is great. Yeah, and Tom tells us her whole like goose and duck metaphor. Like where did that come from? But that's such a unique way to say that you really see into the core of a person like that you really understand yeah. a person yeah it was fun i would i would read her book emma watson if you're listening or watching please write well, me a book that's funny that's the next <laughs> question are there any people in the book whose perspective you would have been interested in reading more and i said the same thing more emma yeah i wish she would have even wrote chapters in this book write her <laughs> own book like anything that she wants to write i will be glad to read it as well oh for sure do you think that tom Was being honest, do you see his point of view as an an honest one? Yeah, I mean, he. I think he was honest, but I felt, again, like I said, that he scratched the surface. Like, even you said that you felt maybe he was intimidated by Alan Rickman. He didn't Mm -hmm. really say that. It was just an anecdote, and that's us concluding from it. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. But I do think that anybody who starts a memoir by talking about the time that they almost committed a crime and got caught and then definitely were put up on the store's wall of shame, right? If you're going to start your memoir like that, like, you, you start it in an honest way. So you can assume that the rest of the story is yeah. is as honest as he feels he can be, whether it be respect for other people or because he just doesn't want to delve into his deeper feelings about it. Yeah, which is fair. Yeah, but definitely honest. I don't think anything in it was dishonest. No. Which of his reflections kind of stuck out to you the most? I I like the chapter where his brother was his chaperone. 
on the sets. I don't know why I just thought it was like they would buzz off and go fishing all night mm-hmm. and then come back and his brother would sleep all day in the trailer while Tom had to go act. And I just thought that was such a, I mean, that's a sibling thing if I've ever heard it. Like, kind of getting in trouble, but not really in trouble and still making it on time for stuff. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I thought it Definitely was Definitely not following the rules. Right. But, but following not. the right rules in a way that you don't get caught. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what their relationship was, I think. <laughs> With that specific brother, anyway. Mm-hmm. I, I said that the... The one he told about Emma visiting him in L.A. was my favorite. That's the one where she was was like, everybody keeps telling me I'm a goose, but I feel like a duck, and you're a duck, too. Yeah. That was cute. It was sweet. That was sweet. I feel like this has been a pretty short episode. We're already kind of already at the end, so. Yeah, I mean, we. I think it's just because there wasn't too much to dive into in this one. And I feel like if maybe you've never read any sort of nonfiction or memoir, but you like Harry Potter, this would be a decent one to start with. You just don't get, I don't know, maybe I just want more juicy stuff. Maybe there's something, because I watch too much reality TV. (laughs) I love reality TV. I know. I like the drama. I will say, though, if you buy the physical copy of the book, I'm not sure if the ebook is like this, but there are a couple of sections in there where he's got a bunch of pictures from his time on sets and with his family and stuff. That was really cute. But it wasn't really enough to to save the rating. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I like seeing the pictures, but pictures aren't a book. <laughs> no. I have a funny story, though, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Okay. So, this book recently came out, so it's only available in hardcover. Mm-hmm. I went on to Amazon to buy it, and I wasn't really thinking, and it was said something like paperback, so it was like a couple bucks cheaper. I was like, oh, maybe they just mass-produced out some paperbacks. So I ordered it. Guess what? Let me guess. It said to be delivered one year from today. (laughs) No, it was a notebook. What? With the cover of the book on it. But, But the actual link said that it was like the book. I went back to look. So I had to contact Amazon and say, hey, like this is a fraudulent. Yeah, for sure. Vendor. And I think they already knew because they had taken it down. Like you couldn't. I found it because I'd already ordered it, and so they just gave me my money back, thankfully. I guess I was protected by Amazon, but I just wasn't thinking when I clicked it. I was like, oh, cool, like, I'll save a couple bucks. Mm-hmm. They must have mass-produced it, whatever. So I have a notebook, <laughs> uh, like a pirated notebook that has... Somebody just, like, retyped his story or, like, copied the pages? No, no, it's a notebook like just lines oh so there's no writing in there there's it's no not the book at it. all it's just the front is the cover of the book which Good is fine try. i can always use a new notebook but Good try, yeah but so i got hoodwinked <laughs> mm-hmm. so there's my funny story for trying to purchase this book online that is funny so everyone read the description i should have known better but i just like quick clicked it did this did it say in the description that it was a notebook that it was like a lined no. paper no, no, no. no. It, did it say anything? It said it was Tom Felton. It said like the title by Tom Felton, in parentheses, paperback. And then the description was the book. I wonder so. if Amazon penalizes the seller. If they're like, you now owe us all of this money because you sold 
Maybe not like fraudulent things, but like they just weren't properly described. Like maybe they intended to sell lined notebooks with his face on the front. Who knows? (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. But there, that's my little weird anecdote for trying to purchase this one. (laughs) I just happened to see it in Barnes & Noble. I was going to look because we're always looking for new ideas of, of things that we can read. And Kayla said she wanted to do a memoir and we went back and forth on whether we should read one about Jeffrey Epstein. Um, but I went to Barnes & Noble and just happened to see this, and I was like, uh, Kayla, this is it. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a good pick. I'm glad we read it. Yeah, it, def- but- it didn't suck. It wasn't bad. Just underwhelming. <laughs> yeah. But on to the next book. So yeah. we're going to be hopping back. If anyone tuned in last season, we read the first book in the Bridgerton series. Yeah, I think so that we're was now September is when we published The Duke and I with my sister. Yep. So we are going to do it again, and hopefully I think Anna's going to be joining in again. We're doing the second one, which is called The Viscount Who Loved Me. Mm-hmm. Should be a quick, easy read. Yeah, follows Anthony, the oldest brother, right? And if you've ever seen season two of the Netflix show, I'm sure you know where the story goes. So we're not going to give it away right now, but... no. <laughs> but the actor who plays him is quite dreamy. Yeah, so. he is, I would say. <laughs> and if you're tuning in on our YouTube or if you're tuning in on the podcast and are interested in our YouTube channel, we are thinking about maybe doing a series where we compare books to their TV show or their movie. So let us know if that's something that you would be interested in, because we are definitely interested in that. And we want to put things on YouTube that you guys are going to enjoy. So let us know. I do want to shout out that idea stemmed from my friend John, who listens to all of our podcasts. Yes. Thanks, John. So he got us. It was a brilliant, got the brilliant wheels idea. Turning. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Love it. So hopefully we'll do that. If you decide to head over to our Instagram after today's episode, go ahead and leave us a wizard emoji. There is no other appropriate emoji under the post for this episode. And let us know in the comments if there's anything that you really want to see us read and discuss and review for future episodes. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening and watching if you're on YouTube. And we will speak to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.